Today's podcast episode may have been recorded in the bathroom, but you didn't hear that from me. You're listening to The VO Life with Troy Holden. This is The VO Life Podcast. All about the ups and downs of being a voice actor in the real world. Casting sites, agents, marketing, using every resource to make sure we keep growing and reaching for more. We may not be superstars, but we're grinding our way up. From the occasional regional to the local 15 and everything in between, we are living the VO life. Join us weekly for recent happenings and interviews with the people who can help you on your walk through the VO life. Now, here's your host and fellow traveler, Troy Holden. And welcome back to the VO Life, the podcast all about how to do and sometimes not to do your voiceover business. If you follow voiceover closely and especially follow the group, you're going to know this person quite well and have seen them a lot. And today you'll get to know them a lot better. This is Alice Everdeen. Hello. Hi, I'm back. I am so glad to have you back. I know you were on one of the early episodes with Louise Porter, and we talked a lot about Fiverr, and we we may talk a little about Fiverr today, too. But um, gosh, things have changed a lot since then. You were actually just planning on getting on the road back then, and now you are fully out on the road. I was just thinking about that before I hopped on our our chat. When we first spoke, I was building my bus and mm-hmm. trying to plan that out. And now I'm officially on the road. We've been on the road for about nine months now. We're currently in Maine for the summer. Absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm recording in my little studio, my little baby studio. That is so cool. It is so cool. Um, I had the... Um, um, the opportunity to actually see the bus at VO Atlanta. And it was just really neat how you guys thought that out. Uh, everything from, you know, the bed folding back up into the the driver's seats. And, you know, it's, it's so homey to be small like that. And I can see living like that. I mean, I, I'm not in a very big house, but my wife and I were talking the other day. My son is here. He's 19. And my stepdaughter's here, who's 30, 31. And I said, why don't we just let them have this house and let's go over by the pond and build a mini house yes. and just live over there. And yes. she's like, mm, <laughs> why don't we throw them in the mini house? <laughs> Even better. But, yeah. But I would love to, I would love to either build or remodel or do something. And I'm, I'm like you, minimalist. You know, you just don't need all this stuff. Yeah, th- this was definitely a labor of love, and we built this thing to fit our lifestyles, which I think is the most important part. But you are mm-hmm. totally right. If there's anything that this bus has taught me, it's that as a human, I work so much better with less crap. I'm just a I, I just buy stuff. I'm a I'm a purchaser. I go to TJ Maxx. I spend way too much money, and then I do it again two weeks later for things that I don't even use. So mm-hmm. the fact that I'm forced to limit myself to X number of cups, or you know, I I don't have any more wall space to put up stuff. So it's it's given my brain a break. I'm able to focus more on the things that matter versus just buying more crap. And uh, it's also limited how many decisions I make every day, which is really nice because I win a lot of time back that way. 
Yeah, that's neat. Now, what about, um, I, I was thinking about this the other day, you're, you're planning out where you're going to go and be at different times of the year. How far ahead do you plan that? And how hard is it to find the spot to go to and park? <laughs> so we try not to plan too far ahead because every time we have done that, we've wanted to stay somewhere later and didn't really get a, ta- a chance to really explore it. So mm-hmm. now we kind of have destinations we want to be at maybe three months in advance. For example, around the holidays especially, we'll say, okay, we want to be in Jersey with family around Christmas. And then we kind of plan out our route around that. Uh, So it doesn't really restrict us to a certain place or a certain timeline, but it still kind of gives us goals. Um, Finding spots, it really depends on where you are. In the West and in the Middle... I almost said the Middle East. (laughs) (laughs) Now, that's a floating bus if I ever saw one. (laughs) I would not want to drive there. That would not be a a good drive. But uh, in the Midwest specifically and more on the West Coast side of things, there's a lot of public land that you can stay Mm -hmm. on. And that's free and you can stay up to 14 days as long as you're self-sufficient. It's not a problem. East Mm -hmm. Coast, not so much. Uh, Primarily, we've been staying either not so much at friends and families, but uh, usually state parks. um, Army Corps of Engineers has a bunch of really beautiful properties. uh, Mm -hmm. Usually that kind of thing. At the moment, we're work camping, which means my boyfriend volunteers 15 weeks, 15 weeks, 15, 15 hours a week at the campground and we get to stay here for free. So and mm. he also gets paid on top of that. So it's a really good way to save money, get to know a place, stay here a little bit more long term and be able to enjoy somewhere and not have to pay to be there. That is very cool. Very yeah. cool. A totally different, you know, a, t- a totally different look on things from what all of us contemporary folks are doing, and I really enjoy hearing about it. So let's dig into some voiceover stuff, and let's let's turn the clock back to before voiceover. You were in a very creative business, and and it it kind of led you into this. Uh, for those that don't know, kind of give them a little background on that. Yeah, I <clears throat> I always knew I wanted to work in TV, so I got my bachelor's degree with visual arts and journalism. I worked in cable news for, I think, around four years. Then I switched to local news. And then I was really tired of working overnights and having no chance to be uh, not a vampire. So I switched to advertising. And then I moved to a content manager position. And in both of those last two jobs, I was doing voiceovers for them just for fun. And so when COVID hit, we bought the bus and we said, "Okay, we're going to have to need we're going to have to get jobs traveling full time. I decided to make a profile on Fiverr. And at that point, I'd done a couple jobs for the my employers, but I'd never done anything on my own. So Mm -hmm. that was my first real experience doing voiceover as a freelancer. And what what led you to Fiverr? I had actually ordered. I don't even know how I heard about it, but I'd ordered a, a jingle from someone a few weeks prior for a YouTube mm-hmm. channel I had just that I mm-hmm. about my traveling and stuff. And I said, well, if this guy, this guy clearly, you know, it was just he was like me. It was just some guy at his house making little jingles. I said, well, if he can do it, I can try it out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it took off. <clears throat> yeah, I'll, I'm uh, similar to you because I had never heard of Fiverr before I got into voiceover. I guess as I was watching YouTube videos and it came up, maybe Bill DeWeese or somebody mentioned it. And I had never heard of it, didn't even know platforms like that existed. But uh, 
Fiverr, it gets slapped around sometimes. It gets a bad name sometimes. I get it. Um, but it also is a pretty good platform for people to start on. Now, I will say now compared to three, four years ago, it's probably a little harder to get started there. But uh, talk a little about how you got started and how it took off for you. Oh, boy. uh, It's such a weird whirlwind. And you were right about people. It's interesting because some people you ask about Fiverr and they know it like the back of their hand. They've ordered many things off it. They've grown their business with it. Other people have no idea it exists. So it's it's interesting to see where business owners in particular are in terms of that, because a lot of mm-hmm. people scale their businesses with it while other people don't even know it exists. Um, I wish I had a, a, an idea of how exactly it happened, but I had my, f- I, I made my profile. I used samples from other jobs I had done previously. And I got my very first few days, I got a job from Fiverr itself to do an ad. And after that, I got the what is the badge called? Rising rising seller or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't really know what happened, but I guess that badge made the difference because over the next week or so, I got 15 orders or something. Mm-hmm. And my first month, I made a thousand bucks. And then a couple months later, I was making 3000. I said, holy crap, this is this could be a real thing. And I think it just came down to right place, right time. It was right at the start of COVID. People working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed more people to do their announcements about COVID. I also think a lot of it came down to the fact that my having a conversational 30-ish, 25, 30-year-old female voice was is still very popular. Mm-hmm. So I did have that going for me, and I still do. Aside right. from that, I can't say any – I have no idea. I have no idea what the difference between me and someone else was or why I'm successful and what made me successful. I'm not really mm-hmm. sure. I wish I had an answer for that. People kind of ask me for the secret sauce, and I'm I'm always like, dude, I got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know what you mean. I, I think it's just, like you said, it's it's luck, it's chance, it's it's just how it falls. Um, there are other people, you know, that have done the same thing that have got on there and just, it's ride, they ride a rocket ship and they do fantastic. And there are others that get on there, struggle and struggle and struggle and just, you know, and they're pretty good at what they do. They just can't seem to get traction. And it is what it is. I mean, it, like you said, there's no secret sauce. Everybody's doing the same thing. They're trying to fill their gigs with certain keywords and have certain thumbnails and try to do this and that. But everybody's doing the same thing. So that just tells you yep. that doesn't matter. <laughs> that, yep. That's that's not part of it. I think it comes down to being, you know, being seen, being heard and having the talent to deliver. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if they see and hear you and you can't deliver the goods, that's eventually going to catch up. So. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's a, definitely a problem that I had in the beginning. I was myself and my voiceover is really good. And then Later, I started overthinking myself, sounding like a robot, and I could not deliver the goods that I had promised. And I got a bunch Mm -hmm. of people that were like, what's going on here? This is not what your samples sound like. And that was definitely an issue that I had to deal with. Yeah, this business can get you to overthinking in a hurry about a lot of things. Uh, I met with someone yesterday who has been trying to launch their, their startup, and they've had some personal issues, and I get it, but they have drank in so much voiceover punch that I can't cut through the bull for them, you know? And I'm like, 
you don't need to know how to do videos. You don't need to know how to do all this mixing and all this editing. You need to know how to record your voice in the cleanest, clearest, raw form you can and deliver that. 95% of the time, that's what you're delivering. But he was so worried about file structure and what's happening in my DAW mm-hmm. and this and all. And I said, forget all that. If you'll forget all that and just record yourself and work on getting better, it'll, you know, it'll come together. But if you're all worried about, well, I need to learn to do video and I need to get this program and I need to buy this microphone. And, and people just go off in the abyss sometimes. That is so important. And actually, Louise and I were just talking about this a few weeks ago. I am so grateful I went into this industry completely ignorant. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I noticed in two of the talks I went to at BO Atlanta, which was an amazing experience, by the way, one of the things that I noticed were how many people said they went into something blindly and it came out to be this amazing, successful, beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. And even the other day, you know, I was making some of my documents for voice actor resources and I said, oh, I, I wish I had this earlier. And then at the same time, I said, I don't know if I wish I did, because if I'd gone into the industry knowing about the Facebook groups and knowing about subreddits and knowing about the videos and what I need to do and this and that, I would have been so overwhelmed I probably would have stopped. If I would have posted on a Facebook group for voiceover and said the F word, Fiverr, and people would have shit on me and I would have been like, "Okay, I'm done. I am so grateful I had the learning experiences. I'm so grateful I screwed up all those Fiverr gigs when I sounded like a robot. So I was forced to learn because those lessons I could not have gotten any other way. And there's so mm-hmm. much value that came out of making all the mistakes that I've made. Right. Right. Uh, I last week fired my last YouTube client and, but I'm, I'm thankful for him. We parted on great ways. I actually gave him somebody out of the VO life group that needed the work and could do the work for that because they needed to build their their career. They needed to they needed to do work. And I went back and counted and I was somewhere close to four thousand five hundred YouTube narrations. And I'm thankful for that. Wow. Although it was a grind, it was awful. Uh, some of the scripts were terrible. It taught me so much about reading, reading ahead, editing. I got faster, faster, faster. And and it really helped me as much on the technical side as it did the performance side. And the crazy thing, you'll be performing, you know, the top 10 Amazon gadgets of the week. And then the next thing you're reading is uh, something, you know, like news channels for Tesla and a news channel for SpaceX. And then I'm reading another one for space travel and all the planets and another one about dinosaurs. And then you realize one day you're full of useless information, but you got so much experience doing that and, and that doesn't hurt anybody. And I think that's the fear of Fiverr. It's going to hurt the industry, hurt the rates and hurt. It could. Yes. But I've not heard a professional voice actor yet say that their rates have gone down because of Fiverr. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard the same. And to be totally honest with myself, when I was first on Fiverr, I would not have felt comfortable charging industry rates because I was bad. <laughs> the yeah, same exactly. way if I if I buy something from someone who's just starting out, I expect to pay less because it's not as good as if I were going. When I first started, as you know, I was working out of a laundry basket. My mm-hmm. editing sucked. Uh, I wasn't even using headphones to edit. My voice acting was terrible. 
I am grateful I did not charge people full price because now looking back, I would have been cringing a little bit at how right. bad right. it was. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, yes, I, I'm with you on that regard. Do do you do the thing that I've done every now and then? You've got these files way back and you think, I just want to listen to that just to see, was I any good? And and then you play it back and you're like, oh my God. I had a, a situation about three days ago where somebody said, hey, I want to record an update to my voiceover recording. And I said, okay, can you send me the previous file? Lord have mercy. <laughs> what was I doing? It was like, thank mm-hmm. you for calling something. Mm-hmm. And I, I said to him, I'm like, I'm going to re-record this for free, the whole thing again, because I can't even match what I used to sound like, and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It was just so. It was so bad. It was yeah, so bad. I know, and I do listen I to that. Feeling. I don't know why I like to torture myself in that way and listen back. And, <laughs> I think uh, a lot of it is, you know, we got to be happy with the progress we've all made. I mean, a lot of us got in this about the same time, and I've watched several people, well, I've seen several people just disappear that were successful for a short time, and then they disappeared. But I've seen a lot of them ride it out, and they've done well, and, you know, it's, and it's good to watch. And, and we we take a little self-pride in that. There's nothing wrong with that, that, hey, I did learn. I applied myself, and it's gotten better. And, you know, it's the rates have changed. I'm making more money and I'm working less hours. It's It really does make a difference. For sure. And Yep. And that was actually one of the things at VO Atlanta that really blew me away. Obviously, I was extremely nervous to be there talking about Fiverr for very obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But afterward, the amount of people that said, thank you for coming out about this because this I make it sound so much bigger than it actually is. But thank you for talking about this topic. This is something that, you know, I've been kind of hiding from people. And I felt the same way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, 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 I think we really do need to celebrate those little things. And one thing that I, me personally, I've been doing is I've been really working on not comparing myself to other people and mm-hmm. just celebrating where I am right now. Right. Uh, I know when we spoke the first time, I bet at that point my job was, okay, book, book a big, book an international campaign or something like that. And then I started doing those bigger jobs and I said, at what point am I just going to celebrate what I've already done and stop focusing on doing more and being more and uh, auditioning for more and getting bigger names on my resume? Mm-hmm. I'll, be, I'll always be chasing after something if I can't just sit with myself and say, wow, I'm really proud of where I am now. I'm mm-hmm. happy with the amount of work I'm getting. I don't need to have a giant name or corporation on my resume, a new one every week just to be happy. And I've been right. really trying to just allow myself to be where I am right now and be happy with it and stop always pushing for more, more, more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like... Um I look back every month and 85% of what I do, most people will never hear it, you know, and it's non-glamorous work, but it pays the bills and I'm good with that. It's nice to land those clients every now and then, but I'm trying to build a foundation of people that come back every week or every month. It's good repeat business and that keeps the money flowing. You know, that's what a business does. You want cash flow. So. Um, that's important. Yeah, it's great to to land the ESPN gig here and there, and I've done Yellowwood, and I've done some other stuff. But those those guys that come back every couple of weeks that have corporate narrations, or they have, you know, I do several churches where I'll do their podcast intros and outros, and I'll do their sermon intros and things like that, and they come back every week. 
you know, and it's, is it glamorous? No. Is it broadcast? No, but it pays the bills. And, and I, I appreciate that as much as I do the, the stuff you book through an agent that you get the big check for saying one sentence, which is great. Yep. But. Yep. And those are those are wonderful when they roll through. If I can get on a 30 minute directed session and make uh, a nice hefty paycheck for that month. Great. But I'm I'm also not I'm not going to push myself constantly to the point where I can't enjoy life just because I'm always trying for more and wanting more right. and doing right. more. And there's there's a lot to be said about being able to appreciate where you are without mm-hmm. feeling bad about yourself or judging yourself or comparing. Right. You seem to have a really good work-life balance, and that's what that's what keeps us healthy, and that's what people should think yes. about. Think about your mental health, not just your financial health. Yeah. Let's talk uh, a little more about VO Atlanta. You did uh, a great presentation. Um, Thank you. I enjoyed it. I know that I know the night before was not a pleasant night. <laughs> we won't talk about that, but uh, we were all prepared to escort you away quickly if needed. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but don't the, trust the shrimp tacos. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But the content was good. And, and I felt like exactly what you said, people were kind of glad to let the pressure valve off. And I think more people were looking at it like, well, okay, if you're on there, at least, at least try to charge good rates. But the other half is like, I won't go on there. And that's okay. You know, if you don't want to be on there, don't be on there. And and if you are on there, yeah, I agree. We should try to get everything we should that's fair. But there are so many things that go on on Fiverr that no one will ever hear, no one will ever see. And, and the people that are working mainly through pay-to-plays or agencies, they wouldn't do those jobs anyway, some mm-hmm. of them. And when we're talking about people learning and starting up, and I appreciate the fact I was able for a year and a half part-time to make enough money to invest in my career to get me full time. And that's how I looked at what I had to suffer through, you know, with some of that stuff on Fiverr and Upwork as well. But it paid for all my coaching. It paid for my equipment. And it was just mainly a lot of YouTube stuff. But I appreciate the fact that you stepped up and did that. And also very appreciative that JMC saw that it needed to be aired out. And let's lead into this. You also talked a lot about marketing and what you're doing with marketing programs and the things that you're offering online. So let's get into that. The The program is called? Uh, so it's Voice Actor Resources, and it's kind of just a bunch of digital product products that voice actors can use to grow their business. And the way this got started was just the fact that I kept I kept finding myself saying, damn, I wish I I wish I had this when I first started. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, social media captions. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really book that many jobs on social media. I don't want to spend 10 hours a month writing out captions, finding pictures, making graphics, scheduling them. So I have done for you social media captions that are all voiceover related because it's just a need that we have in this industry. If we could spend time writing out social media captions or we could spend time focusing on marketing and running our business, I would much prefer option number two. Mm -hmm. So I just Mm -hmm. made some resources that I personally could have used and do use. And that's kind of how that got started. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Everybody needs a leg up with that. And if you're not direct marketing, you really should be. Um, I, I mean, uh, there's, there's a thing in the industry that some people are, you know, they can make a good living off pay to plays and their agents and, and whichever. 
But if you're new and you're coming in trying to get the non-glam business, you should be reaching out to production houses and e-learning people and et cetera, et cetera. And it does take time. It's like a house. You got to build a foundation, then you got to put in a floor and then the walls go up. And next thing you know, the business is coming in, but it takes time. Um, And I think you had some content in there related to direct marketing and how to get that going. Yeah, I have a document on 26 more, I'm not going to say out of the box because not all of them are out of the box, but these are not your traditional marketing things. You can read tons about marketing and, you know, send out cold emails and uh, change your subject line to this, this, and this, or reach out on LinkedIn. I'm trying to steer away from cold emails and cold messages because, first of all, it's a numbers game, and I don't have time to be focusing on numbers part of it. And second, you're trying to get someone exactly when they need that service or way down the line. And I would, of course, there's a long game involved in marketing, but that is such a slim amount of people you can reach and get to in that moment. So I've been trying to focus my marketing efforts elsewhere, which is why I did that marketing course um, during VO Atlanta. And they're primarily just different marketing approaches where you can maximize your reach without having to send hundreds of emails every day and get mm-hmm. no responses. <laughs> so right. just a different a different technique that, again, I haven't seen anybody else do it. And, you know, people might think because I started on Fiverr, I don't know what I'm doing, but I did have to grow my business on my own outside of Fiverr. And I've implemented a lot of marketing strategies that other people haven't done yet. So mm-hmm. there, and I always tell people, think outside of the box. What ways can you reach your target audience without having to poke them every five minutes with cold emails? There are so many mm-hmm. different ways. You just have to think outside of the box and be able to take some take some risks sometimes. Right, right, for sure. I do a little of all of it, and there's the local marketing. There is the, um, you hate to say it, kind of getting some people off of certain platforms to come to you direct. It happens. Um the approach I take with that is I never ask. If they ask me, then I look at it that they're the one at risk because they ask me. But it does happen. You'll have people leave a platform, come to you direct. Um, There's so many different spokes you can get in your wheel. And we were talking about your marketing. There's agents. uh, There's management companies. There's um, your local marketing, there's are things you're doing with your website and making your website the best. And I know you talked a lot about SEO and such in the um, in the marketing course or in the speech at VO Atlanta. Um, touch on that just a little bit as to how your website went from the back to the front. Yeah. So one of my approaches was for marketing in general. Actually, this is probably my whole approach. How can I reach as many people as possible with doing the least amount of work? How do I make people find me? And my two ideas for that were, A, increase my SEO, and B, get published in articles. And that would also in turn increase my SEO. So I got a website audit, which I also offer at Voice Actor Resources. <laughs> I got a website offer uh, audit, and it told me every single thing that was wrong with my website. And I went in, I looked up what keywords I should be using, what 
uh, text I should have, how much content I should have. And I made every single change until my website was the best it could possibly be. So I wrote a couple hundred articles and blogs for my website. I did service pages for every single voiceover genre I offer. I put videos on those pages. Um, as I mentioned, I tried to get backlinks, which is when people link to your website and that raises your authority level in Google. So I reached out and pitched myself to different publications. One of them ended up being CNBC and they did two features on me with the bus and being on the go and stuff like that. And eventually that pushed me up to, I think I'm at like number 10 right now for female voiceover. But I got there in nine months because I just worked my ass off to get my website where I needed to be and to make sure people found me that way. Great. And that does make sense. I mean, if where do people go look for stuff? Google, right? Everything these days. You're searching everything. And if they pull that up and they, and there you are on the front page, they're going to look at you. I think that's a great approach. Um, I had in the back of my mind something earlier. You were talking about your voice and, and the age range of your voice. And then this thing, this question came through. And this is a really random question. I know you do a lot of um, stuff for universities and colleges and, and, and et cetera. Do you run into being the mom voice very often? Some yeah, sometimes it's usually like the cool young mom though, like the the cool young mm-hmm, soccer mom mm-hmm. who still drives a Fiat kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, yep. I, I kind of wondered that because it does. You know, I can hear that, and I thought as we, as you age in VO, and I've heard this talked about a little bit lately that some people are cataloging, like at the age you are now, they're cataloging their uh, their stuff into an AI voice. And then when they become 10 years older, they can say, well, if you need me sounding younger, I have my AI voice at 30 or at 25. And I thought that's that's crazy, but that is kind of where the industry may go for people trying to hang on to be able to compete in more genres. But that's, that's something. It I is. It's really interesting. Part of the thing that worries me, well, granted, I'm basing it on the technology we have today. Uh Karen Guilfrey made an excellent point at VO Atlanta where she uses her AI voice to submit auditions sometimes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I wonder if I could do that, too. So I put in a script. I uploaded all my samples. I put in a script. And it was the most horrifying thing I've ever heard. Weird Mm -hmm. breathing, weird speech patterns, just gasping for air at random times mid-sentence. It was horrifying. So. At the moment, I can't see them, the technology being there, but it is an interesting idea for the future. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I heard the same thing that you were talking about. She had actually booked um, some jobs on voice one, two, three, I think, like from an airplane. Yes. She was yeah. like, couldn't couldn't access her stuff. And um, yeah, all that is interesting. And I guess it'll progress and get better. But um, it's just something I don't worry a whole lot about yet. I just, I'm like you, everything I hear is terrible. I went online and did a sample and played it back and I was the same way. I was like, that's awful. I mean, it, it doesn't, it, it didn't structure so it very scary. well. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was terrible. Granted, it probably depends on which one you're using and how advanced it is and who knows about in a couple of years from now. But yeah, the one, I'm trying to find it actually, but the one that, the one that I had was just horrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's uh, she. I I talk to her every now and then on chat 
Uh, we had what got it started was she had reached out to me. She knew I was one of the people harassed by uh, Sabrina Farrows. So she reached out and said, hey, could I get copies of those emails? And I'm like, sure, why not? And uh, so we talked back and forth. But I had asked her later. I knew she had set up those AI models and I asked her for the companies. And I, that was one of them. I went on and did it. But I'm sure if you submit what they ask you to in full, which is probably, I don't know, an, uh, 30 minutes or 45 minutes worth of reading, they probably could build you a better model and get it started. But I don't know. I don't know. I just, mm -mm. Yeah, I did it for, I just did it for a phone recording. So I, I put together 10 different phone recordings that all sounded almost identical in terms of tone, thinking mm -hmm. that that would help. But I mean, the the sample it gave me was like, hello, and thank you for calling. Like it was, it was so <laughs> creepy. I actually sent it to Louise and she was like, what is that? Because that is horrifying. Yes. Yeah, that stuff is scary. <laughs> it is scary. Well, I, I don't want to keep you all day. I think we could chat about everything. And I really enjoyed getting to finally see you in person at VO Atlanta and hanging out with you. And and uh, uh, sadly, the best meal we had down there was probably at Waffle yeah. House. I don't know how. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And um, I look forward to getting back next year. I'm going to make an attempt to go to One Voice. I don't know if I'm going to make it, but uh, I'll definitely go back to VO Atlanta, mainly because it's a four-hour drive and and doesn't cost a fortune for me to go. But hoping that we'll get to to do that again. And uh, thanks so much for for not just coming on the podcast, but for kind of being my VO buddy for so long. I know yeah. we've we've talked back and forth for a couple of years, and and I appreciate that. And and Louise and Brad and some of the people that we all kind of started out at the same time. It's kind of neat to see all of us going our different directions and doing our own thing and, and all of us having success in our own way. And congrats Hell on all your yes. success. And Thank and you. You as well. You are killing the marketing game. I'm trying. I'm trying. And congrats on, on the bus and the life and all of that. <laughs> it just It's just fun. It's fun to watch. And wishing you even more success. Thanks for joining me. And Thank um, you so much for having me, Troy. I had a blast as usual. And it's so fun that we got to meet. It was great meeting you. I can't wait to see you next year. Awesome. Hey, before we go, tell everybody where to find these resources and where to find you if they need oh, you for boy, a voiceover. Oh, boy. I have all the links. Uh, so aliceeverdeen.com is my website. Uh, voiceactorresources.com is marketing resources. And if you want to follow our little bus journeys on Instagram, hashtag life's too short bus. Life's too short bus, grammatically correct. That is the perfect name and awesome. Well, have a great rest of the week, young lady, and we'll be talking soon. Thank you, Troy. I'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. This podcast was produced under the authority of the podcast police, who may or may not have investigated the host and guests prior to broadcasting. Any unlawful statements will be investigated further and persecuted to the fullest extent of the podcast law. Well, whistle me Dixie. The opinions expressed on this podcast may or may not reflect the opinions of the host. He's so wishy-washy he'll believe this one day and that the other. Also, there's never any intent to hurt anyone's feelings or make anyone feel inferior. Or that they're stupid or wrong. If you feel that way, then... Get out of here. Um, there's, nothing, there's nothing else to say. Let's move along.
Get back to work, peasant. <laughs>